Right, so it's running Sunday, in case you didn't know. Uh, uh, there was some running that went on this morning. You've all heard about it. And um, we're going to stick with the theme for the, for the message today. I mean, it was inspiring getting down to London this morning. And, um, well, I thought there would be crowds. Initially, there weren't. Um, <laughs> uh, but the crowds did build and grow. And then, and then we were all waiting um, uh, with anticipation as, as, the, as the first runner uh, came over Westminster Bridge and into Parliament Square, and it was incredible. And Levi turned to me and said, "I want to do this," yeah, because there's just there's that moment, isn't there, where we all love to look up to uh, sporting uh, heroes. Um, I don't know who yours is. Maybe your sporting hero is, or maybe, or maybe it's. Oh, we got a Jamaican contingent over there. Or maybe it's. I like Paula. Or maybe it's. We like Jessica, we like Jessica. Or what about... Yeah. <laughs> or maybe even, maybe even a fictional sporting hero. Yeah. <laughs> I love Rocky. I unashamedly love Rocky. I've tried to sit Davina down and educate her in the art of Rocky. Uh, it has backfired painfully a number of times. I tell you, when I first saw Rocky as a kid, man alive... This nine-year-old boy was doing some press-ups. I remember saying to my mum and my stepdad, could, could, could you sort out a few raw eggs in a glass for me? And, I, and as soon as they touched the lip and I retched, that was it. But anyway, but there's something, there is something about a sporting hero, someone who accomplishes things that you think, how on earth? And I guess we, I guess we kind of, it's a mixture of admiration, uh, but then something in the back of our mind that think, thinks, could I... Maybe I could do something like that. We get stirred. Um, we get stirred by it. And um, there's a list of heroes in, in the Bible. We're going to um, look at that section of the Bible in a moment. Not sporting heroes, but but heroes nonetheless. Heroes of faith. It's a very famous passage. If you're familiar with the Bible, it's in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, and it just goes through. It's like this honors list. And it speaks of these amazing men and women who, uh, through faith, accomplished incredible things. Whether, and it's a real variety of things. Some of the things are really, you think, wow. Other things you think, that's a bit unusual. You know, it's a bit, a bit, a bit strange. Um, you've got Noah, you sort of, you know, spend, he probably spent approximately 100 years building that ark. You think it's incredible. You know, what perseverance, what patience, what reverence, what faith. Um, We've got Abraham and Sarah and this almost through faith, this miraculous ability to, to conceive. And others that miraculously went through serious suffering and opposition and pain and other things. But it, it's, a, it's a very inspiring uh, kind of list. We've got names like Samson, Abraham and Sarah, like I said, Moses, Gideon. You've probably heard uh, of some of them. And then straight after this list, it then goes on and it says this. And these are the verses we're going to focus on today. Hebrews chapter 12, the first two verses. Um, if we could just have them up, that'd be great. Thanks. So it then goes on. It gives us this amazing list. And then it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Very honest, the Bible. And let's run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him 
endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Father, we just honour your word, the Bible, and we pray that as I, we just unpack this very straightforward uh, passage today, that our hearts would be really gripped. And that what, what was intended in those words we would really get. I pray keep us from missing the point. Keep us from just trundling along in our own little ideas. Help us to get what you're saying. And we just, as Hager said at the start of the service, it's only by the Holy Spirit that we're ever going to understand these things. So we, do, we just ask for the help of the Holy Spirit, please. Amen. Amen. So I want to just uh, look at these... Um, uh, 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 I'll break this down into three bits. The first thing is this idea of this cloud of witnesses. It's quite an unusual phrase. It's, you think, well, why use that phrase? Why use that term? It's quite a strange idea. Now, people tend to take this idea that we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. It's definitely talking about that list. It's talking about Abraham and Sarah. It's talking about Hannah and Gideon. It's talking about all these... Uh, uh, amazing people of God. And it says that we're surrounded by this great cloud. Now it can be taken two ways. The first way is it can be almost like we're surrounded by them watching us, cheering us on. That's one way that you could take it. So they're all gathered around going, come on, we've, we've run our leg. Now go on, you, you, you go for it. That's probably not the way the writer meant it. He probably meant it a little bit more like this kind of idea. If we look at this next image from um, the Emirates Stadium. Um, when you go to the Emirates Stadium, it's a, whether or not you support Arsenal, it is a very, very impressive stadium. And uh, you need, it's really worth just going. And even if you don't go inside, just to be outside. What you find all around the outside are these Arsenal heroes. Literally from, I think, the earliest ones, maybe as far back as like the 1920s. And they're all around it, and, and their names are written on the, on the, back, of their, of the back of their shirts. And so the idea here isn't so much, um, so the, if you imagine that these are, the, these are the cloud of witnesses, it's not so much that, that when you go there you feel they're looking at you, but when you go there, you're looking at them. And as you look at them and you remember maybe certain ones that you saw on TV or read about or saw live, something in your heart begins to be gripped and you start thinking, oh yeah. You feel inspired when you remember who they were and what they did. That's the idea. And so when, when the writer to the Hebrews says, we're surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses, he's saying, look, don't worry so much about them looking, on, looking at you, cheering you on. Look at them. And think about them. Now, it's really encouraging to do this. And here's why. Number one, there's their faith, which I've referred to earlier, which enabled them to accomplish impossible things. But number two, it's twinned with this incredible flawed humanity. They're not perfect, none of them. In fact, it's quite humorous, really. When you read in that chapter, Hebrews 11, about their lives, you'd be tempted to think they were perfect. If you then go back to the bits in the Bible which focuses on their lives, you suddenly realize, oh, they weren't. Not at all. Samson was a womanizer. Abraham was a liar. Sarah was very sharp. Moses was timid. And Gideon worshipped idols. And so, you think, oh, okay, so why is, why is God commending them? He's commending them because of their faith. Now, 
when the Bible uses the word faith, it's not just talking about, you know, it's easy to say, I believe, isn't it? It's, oh, I believe in God, or I believe in Jesus. It's not that. That's not faith. The word faith in the Bible talks, it's talking more about trust, which means that it actually, uh, it, true faith becomes the thing that shapes the entire course of your life. It, it shapes your decisions, your values, your priorities. Within it, you're still flawed. <laughs> You still make mistakes. We stumble in many ways. We get it wrong. But the faith, faith that is real faith actually affects the whole direction of your life. And so as we look at these people, we look at a group of people who, through faith, were able to do amazing things, which is inspiring. But in it, they weren't perfect, which I don't know about you, but I think is encouraging. Because <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing worse than, you know, apart from Jesus, there's nothing worse than Someone perfect is there. I mean, Jesus, I'm glad Jesus is perfect. But anyone else tries to be perfect, after a while I just think, I don't really want to be around that person. I find myself avoiding them because they think they're perfect and they act perfect and I know they're not. And it's just annoying. Plain and simple. It's just me. Okay, cool. (laughs) You know, but Jesus, hallelujah, is perfect. We'll look at that. We'll look at that later. And so, The writer says you're surrounded by this cloud of witnesses. You've got so many people you can look at whom God commends and yet they're very, very normal. And you can be inspired by their faith. So we're surrounded by this great cloud. Because of that, he then says it's number two out of three. He says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. It's a very, very vivid image here. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I want to just pull out a few things from now. The Bible writers understand something very clear. That it is so easy in this race, this Christian race, this living for Jesus, to just get weighed down. You get weighed down by difficulties. You get weighed down by anxieties. Just things, you know, things that just come along. And you think, oh, yeah. so for me, a little illustration. Um, <laughs> went to my sister's wedding in Italy a few weeks back. Got to the airport. I've arranged it all. Sorted out me and my brother's flight. I'll meet you at Gatwick, 3 p.m. because the flight's at 5 p.m. You get there at 3 p.m. and there's nothing on the, sh- no, the, the, the screen where all the flights are. You know, our flight's at 5. There's nothing there. You start panicking, what have I done? You start looking at my emails, no, no, I've got it right. I go to the desk, oh yeah, that went at 11 a.m., sir, that flight. It went at, but it's the five o'clock flight this afternoon. Yes, but it went at 11 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but no one told me. But you've got to get to Italy for your sister's wedding tomorrow. Right? So it's madness, madness ensues. And at that point, I'm struck, a peace, a Christian peace. <laughs> My, you know, my Christian peace is being challenged at this point. So I ring up the company and they say, yeah, the, the, the airline didn't tell us. I'm okay, fine. I do sympathize with you. Uh, but what are we going to do? Uh, uh, I said, there's a BA flight in two hours time. Can you sort it out for us? Oh, uh, we'll let you know, sir. No, I've got to sort it out now. Uh, and then they hung up on me. <laughs> so Christian peace is starting to ebb away. Christian peace, where are you going? I need you, Christian peace. Do you see what I'm it's a challenge. It's a huge, it's a huge, huge challenge. And we ended up on the flight. But now, see, now it's a dispute over the refund. That's where we're into now. 
They contacted me yesterday. Could take up to six months, sir. Christian peace. <laughs> it's the Christian peace. Do you see what I'm saying? I didn't do anything wrong. But it's just the stuff of life. And you can just wait, you, you spend, you know, so I could spend days thinking about what are we going to do. And actually what happens is, is I'm just weighed down. It's not sin. It's not that I'm sinning, but it's weighing me down. It's just so easily, so easy done. But it's not only that, then there's my sin. See, as a born again Christian, I still have sin in me and will have until the day I meet Jesus. Right? So it's not just that, it's then these other things that also can hinder me in running my race. Just, you know, the temptation to live selfishly, the temptation to be lazy, the temptation to just go off and do something reckless, whatever it might be. And these things hinder me in the race. And the writer says, look, look who you're surrounded by. You're surrounded by people who had weights and sins that just like you, and yet, it, it was, and although it was very messy, they ran their race. They stayed on course. They weren't, they weren't, to, they weren't, to, they, they stumbled. Sometimes they seemed to veer off for a bit. But look, when you look at their life overall, God says, well done. You did it. And so, and so the writer to the Hebrew says, you've got to take, wow, when did that come up? Brilliant. You, you've got to take action so that you're not like that. That's what the Christian life can be like. Imagine how much slower. Imagine, I mean, there were some people in the race today, you know, in these big outfits. I mean, Lauren was dressed as a monkey, bless her. I mean, it's, you know, some guy, he had this huge head thing on him. And at one point, he's carrying this huge head, and then he puts it on for the final straight. You think, man, alive. You know, uh, it just waits, 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 waits. And it can really, really slow you down. And the writer says, it's actually quite practical. He says, throw it off. And you might think, well, it's not as easy as that. Well, no one said it was going to be easy, but throw it off. You just, you've, you've got to throw it off, because if you don't throw it off, you're in trouble. It's as simple as, you either take action and say, I'm going to throw it off, or you say, well, I'm not going to throw it off, because it's too hard to throw it off. Well, I'll tell you what, it's harder not throwing it off, because it wears you down. And so there's a daily decision on, on all of our parts. I'm going to throw this, I'm not going to live, I'm, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to let it take me off. So that I just end up sitting on the sidelines. I'm not running anymore. You know, I used to run. I'm not running. I'm just. It's temp- this is real. This is real gritty, gutsy stuff. This isn't just the spiritual talk. This is when we leave the building. This is what all of us live with in there, day in, day out. Pressure. Temptation. Discouragement. Confusion. Disappointment. All the Bible heroes faced these things. And yet there was some as a grace on them from God. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. He says, run it with endurance. That word means to bear, to, to, to bear under. To basically stay there. <laughs> That's the key. What's the key to the Christian race? Stay in it. <laughs> Don't let bitterness grow, which just means you, you, you opt out. Yeah, people. Some people just opt out. Like bitterness, they, resentment grows. Someone said something, you know. So you know, someone says something, and you think I could take offence now. <laughs> I've got a choice. Do you know what I'm? You know, I've got a choice. I could actually really decide to take this to heart and get bitter, or I could say, you know, I'm going to believe the best by the grace of God, because I, I just can't take me out. <laughs> this mustn't take me out. It's very, very real. To endure simply means to stay under. Where's God got you? 
Stay under it. Got you in a season of pressure? Stay under it. You're in the longest winter, spiritually, you've ever been in? Stay under it. The spring will be magnificent. It will be. You'll be dancing around the hall one of these Sundays soon. But you've got to stay, you can't make it spring. The seasons are in his hands. You've got to sit under it. Okay. And it's about trust, isn't it? It's, all about tr- it's always about trust. I trust you. Trust, tr- I trust you. I'm going to take it out of your hands. I'm going to stay under it. Running with endurance. That's essentially, essentially what it is. And he says, there's a race marked out. There's a race marked out for you. There's a Jesus race marked out for you. It's marked out. God says, this is it. And for some people, it's really high profile, impressive stuff that everyone notices. For other people, it's very, very, most it's really, really quiet and unnoticed. It's irrelevant. God's marked it out for you, so it's glorious. Yeah, he's marked it out. It's an amazing race for you. So you get to run that race. It's a beautiful and a wonderful thing. And, and sometimes it's like, it's like we can kind of, we struggle it with this thing of but racing and effort. And I thought it was all by grace. And we kind of get a bit confused. Listen, of course, it's, it's all by grace. Let me give an illustration. Uh, all of our kids are brilliant at sport. Um, just the grace of God. Maybe some genes going on, you know, as well, from Davina. And... Uh, but anyway, it turns out Melody's basically been born with rockets in her shoes and her feet. And um, there's a grace on her. She, she's never done any training in her life. She, she gets entered for a Camden cross-country, 200 kids. And uh, she just sort of just beats them all. And uh, it's really funny because some of them have got running shoes on. She's got these old plimsolls with pink laces on, you know, just running around. And she just wins. It's just it's like she's never trained at all. Right? It's just the grace of God. Yeah? But actually, you think... if. Because of the grace that's on you, just in a physical sense, if you was to put some effort in, wow, you could really do some stuff. Now, that doesn't negate grace. It's just saying, there's grace here. If you were to just get, put a bit of time in here, a bit of effort, a bit of focus, you could really fly and do well. It's the Christian life. It, and, and, and if she does well, there'll be rewards, right? It all comes back to grace, but there'll be rewards. The Bible talks of grace, the Bible talks of rewards. And the two don't cancel each other out. By grace we've been born again. If you're here and you know Jesus, that's the grace of God. He's opened your eyes. Right? You didn't get it, now you get it. What is that? It's the grace of God. Yeah? You used to laugh at Jesus or ignore Jesus or be hostile about Jesus. Now you love Jesus. What happened? The grace of God. (laughs) He came. He had mercy on you. He's called you. He's won you. It's just his grace. You've not earned it. He has done it. We'll look at that in just a second. Okay? It's the grace of God. Also by his grace, he's given you a bag full of talents and other stuff where you can excel. And he's marked out a race. And then he says, do you know what? I want you to win your race. And you're not running against other people. This is not a competitive thing against other Christians. You're running against the other you. <laughs> the lazy, unbelieving you. You're right, come on, that's who, that's who you're really running against. And God says, now I want you to give yourself to my kingdom, my purposes, to, to, to study in the Bible, to pray, and, 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 and to just who I've put in your life. And what I've put in your life, whether it's a training or a job, I want you to do, do it all for my glory. And as you do so, you know what? You're going to run and you're going to win a race. And, it, and, you, and God will reward you for that. Even though it's all his grace, he will reward you for that. And so don't get all worked up about, oh, it's both. But it always comes back to the grace of God. And then the final thing is this. He says, 
looking to Jesus. So I'm surrounded by these great clouds of witnesses, and I'm amazed by them, and I'm encouraged by them, but actually, I'm not really looking at them with my full focus. My focus is trained on someone else. Looking to Jesus. I'm inspired by Abraham. I look at Hannah and her praying, for when she, her childless praying and the faith. I'm inspired by these people, but where am I looking? Jesus. Why? Because he's the founder and the perfecter of our faith. That means he starts us off on this faith journey and he'll bring it to completion. The word perfect in the Bible means maturity, completion. He, he's the founder. He starts, he's the author. He writes faith into your life. And then he says, and listen, I'm going to bring it right through to perfection, right through to completion. It's what Jesus does. And then we see, ah, suddenly we realize who's the ultimate hero. Who for the joy that was set before him, that finishing line, that glory, that eternity with his bride, us, his people, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He stayed under it, didn't he? Yeah, He's on the cross and people are saying, if you're the son of God, you come down. How tempting would that be if you know that you could? Jesus said, at any moment I can call 72,000 angels. 72,000. In the book of Isaiah, one angel destroys 185,000 people. He says, I can call 72,000 angels at any moment. What does he do? He stays under the cross. He stays under it. They're hurling insults. Prove yourself. He stays under it. It's incredible. Endured the cross despising the shame. So he's naked, he's humiliated, he's shamed, and he looks at the shame of it all and he goes, you've got to be like, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to react to this. I'm going to despise this shame because now he's seated at the right hand of God. He's seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the, this is the big deal. Without, even though this is a bit is coming last because it's last in the passage, this bit is first. The work of Jesus on the cross is the big deal. That is the huge, huge deal. Because at the cross, he pays the debt. At the cross, he deals with the shame. Whatever darkness you've brought in here today, whatever secrets, whatever things you're thinking, I, I, I can't believe I'm getting by all these people in this room if they knew who I was. He does. He knows the ins and the outs. He knows the darkness, the shame. He knows the secrets. And what's he done about it? He's given his one and only son to bear all of that. All the guilt and shame and dread and death of that in his body on the cross so you could be set free and know God. That's how God's responded to your darkness and your shame and your sin. That's what God has done. God's work for us in Jesus is the big deal. That's why our songs are about him. That's why it's all done in his name. Because the Father has given that, that Jesus, this, his son Jesus, the name above every name. And we all know that name Jesus here. Because the name, in the name of Jesus is power for new life. Power for forgiveness. Power to break free. Power. There is such power in the name of Jesus. Such power in the work of Jesus. Such cleansing power in the blood of Jesus. Wow. That is the big deal. He is the big deal. And now he is exalted. And it's important you understand this. That's the Christian pattern. Suffering, glory. Low, exalted. And if you fall into the trap of trying to exalt yourself or sidestep suffering, you end up missing out on the, on the Jesus movement, <laughs> which is suffering, glory. 
That is the Christian pattern. You read Christian writers down the ages, down the centuries, the, 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 the wonder, you know, the, the, what do they call them? The, um, if someone's a real, the divines, you know, those are really walk closely with God. These amazing men and women, they always talk about this suffering and glory. That in, in terms of knowing Jesus, you are brought into the pattern of Jesus' life. You're brought into it, and that's it's death and resurrection. This doesn't mean the Christian life is a downbeat life or a miserable life, not at all. It is a cheerful, hopeful, confident life. But it does ex- but you experience it as a dying to self. There is. God will deal with you. God will deal with the things that you love more than him, and he'll put his finger on it and he'll say, What are we going to do about this? Because you're worshipping this, but it can never satisfy your soul. And it's an absolute offense to me because I'm the one who made you and I'm the one who's worthy of worship. And so in that moment we say, well, you know what, Lord, I'm, gonna, I'm willing to die to it. Show me what to do. You've got to say, well, I'm gonna, I'll deal with it. Just let me. You haven't got to do anything clever. I will deal with you. But just give me your heart and let me. I tell you, he does. But it does hurt. Because some of these things that we love too much are so attached to us. So attached to us. And sometimes it's a little bit like claws coming out. And you think, oh, God, this hurts. But it's God saying, I'm preparing you for glory. I'm preparing you for glory. Let me do it. And again, it comes down to, do I trust him? But he is really, really faithful. And so I really want to end just by saying, how do we, I want to look at one element that we work out how to run our race well at Revelation Church. Because Jesus has not called us to run alone. Here's a nice little image here. Um, um, uh, It's a beautiful one. Look at that, right? It's more inspiring than just one person. These people are running together. And I want to talk about how we run together. How we run in, in such a way that it's not just me and Jesus, but it's, it's, it's us and Jesus. You see, for a couple of years now as a church, we've, well, three years now, we've had something called twos and threes in the church, where we've encouraged people to be in small groups like that together. Little twos and, and threes. And we really want to relaunch that today. Some of them have worked brilliantly. Some of them haven't worked so great at all. We've never, we've never all just sort of put people together. I think these things work better when people find each other. I don't think you can just put someone together and say, hey, you, be really close. It doesn't work. All right? People have to find each other. But some have worked well. Some have been less fruitful. We want to we we relaunch and say, we want to change the name to Running Partners because, frankly, it's much more inspiring. Uh, you know, two and three. I mean, okay, great. I mean, it says what it is as two or the three. Uh, but in terms of what it's about, it doesn't really say much. And so we really want to start talking. Uh, today we want to take some time just to relaunch our... Uh, running partners. Um, and we want to say at its heart, we want you to be able to have people in your life, one or two others, that you say, do you know what? We're running at a similar pace. You know, like if you're going to run a marathon, you want to train with someone, you want to find someone who runs at a similar pace. Otherwise, it's just for either person. It can be a bit, you know, if you're always out ahead, you can feel a bit bad. If you're always left behind, you can feel a bit bad. But someone you say, hey, do you know what? It's a similar pace here. We want to say, listen, it could be that you're already in a really fruitful running partnership and, you're, and it's great. So in which case, just carry on. It's fine. But we really want to emphasize the most important thing is, is that this is a two-way relationship where you're really in, or three-way where you're really encouraging each other. Where no one's getting dragged along, you know, but people are, but you're really, as you're following Jesus together, you're helping one another. I do think it's probably clever at this point today for every running partnership at Revelation to stop and say, is it working? Just want to almost give you absolute permission to, to, to just today say, is it working? Has it run its course? Shall we carry on? So even if you, you say, yes, it is working, it hasn't run its course, yes, you do want to carry on, at least you've asked the question. You haven't just got into a rut. 
But it's good to ask the question about that kind of thing. And so what is the purpose of running partners? I guess there's a few things. One is that you just get together with some people who you know are going to speak the truth in love to you. I tell you what, I so value people in my life who I know will speak the truth in love. Yeah, somebody, they'll, they'll do it. I know they love me, so I can take it, you know, but they'll might say, do you think maybe, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, uh, you know, or what about, and or if I say, this has been going on in my head at the moment, what do you think of this? Am I going nuts? And they say, yeah, it's like, okay, phew, you know, or whatever, but not someone who just agrees the whole time. That doesn't help me. That doesn't help me. I need people in my life that are going to really love me, but actually just, you know, gently be very truthful as well. And that's a really important part of, of, of running partners. It really helps us to pray together. You know, someone, you know, I've got one or two others in my life. When we pray, we really pray. You know, it's not just saying our prayers. We get a hold of God. We, we, oh, we get somewhere when we pray together. We take ground. We see answers. That is huge. And the Lord wants that for us. To study the Bible together. Someone you say, hey, look, we're, you know, we're going to, we're kind of, let's work through this book in the Bible and talk about it. Um, actually, there's a few resources. Hey, could you just grab me? Sorry, thank you. Just one each of those. There's some resources we really want to help you put into your hands. So, um, thanks, mate. Uh, the first is this book. It's called The Bible in a Hundred Pages. Uh, Written by a mate of mine called Phil Moore. He's lived down in Wimbledon. He's a great guy. Very easy to read. And uh, he's just written this little book here. But it, it, it helps you to understand the whole kind of sweep of the Bible story from start to finish in 100 pages. It's lively. It's, it's challenging. It's provoking. It's a, good little, it's a good little read. And so we're just saying, look, um, we've got these at a good price. So um, they, they retail at 4 99 But we're going to do them for a quid each. Um, if you want to go work through this with your running partner, just take one, put a quid in the pot, silver pot there, and just take one at the end and just work through it together. So, hey, look, let's read chapter one and talk about it. What, what did you learn? And so it's just you, you and and you know. So that's a really helpful resource. Um, another thing is we, we've got all the some books called Battle for the Mind, but we sort of lost them. Um, we, we, we 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 put them in the cupboard. And then they weren't there today, so we don't know what's happened there. I mean, who steals Christian books? Do you know what I mean? doesn't work, does it? But um, it's a great book. Once we find them, we will find a way of getting this to you. This is an excellent, excellent book. I read it probably about 20 years ago when I was first a Christian, just really helping me understand that this mind, your mind, my mind, is a, that's where the battle takes place. And the Bible says so much so that as our mind is renewed, that we are transformed. I think, wow, what a statement. Um, and as our mind isn't renewed, we can get stuck in things. So that's an excellent book. Brilliant to read. Very practical. But once we get these out, well, these would be great to work through in your running partner. And then the other thing is we've just put together, I think it's probably called some sort of blog, I guess, um, runningpartners.wordpress.com. And we've bunged a few videos up there. That What I've done is... Um, I asked all the gospel community leaders, give me all your questions on twos and threes and running partners. And then I, I just made some short videos answering all the frequently asked questions, just really trying to help you get up and running. The little video on how to get out of a running partnership uh, and how to get into one. So um, some of the fake, you know, when you go, you know, sometimes at the start of a video, some, some, there's a still of the face. It can look quite aggressive. Uh, for some reason, I just look angry. I don't even know. I, I know I, it seems to me my, my default expression is fury. Uh, uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, please click on it. Um, there's some good stuff. There's some, there's some stuff there that should hopefully really, um, really help you. But go on, go on to there. And we really just want to make sure we're resourcing you so these things are as fruitful 
as fruitful as possible. So also, it's someone, someone or two that you can stand together. The Bible says there's seasons that come, and it calls it the day of evil. It's like the wind just turns bitter. You think, man, what happened? You know, it's, it, it, there's, a, there's a spiritual attack. The Bible says when that happens, all, you, all God calls you to do is to stand. You haven't got to do anything, you know, super impressive. Just stand your ground. And to have people to stand with you is huge. Hugely important. Um, to laugh together and celebrate together. When you get that answer to prayer. When God comes through on something. When someone you've been praying for finds the love of Jesus. To be able to high five and say, hey, praise God. And to celebrate together. To someone you can cry and mourn with together. When it's just sad. <laughs> and sometimes life's just sad, isn't it? It's just painful. Something happens, you think, oh, you, someone's pulled the rug out. And you just think, ah. Oh. Just someone to be able to just sit there and not come up with any clever answers. Just cry with you and love you through that. It's really important. And also, finally, someone that can you can sharpen and they can sharpen you. You know, there's this word the Bible uses called exalt, which means invite. It's like you, you call one another into greater and greater faith in Jesus. You say, come on, we can do this. And you sort of speak truth and faith into one another's lives. I mean, this is huge. This is huge. And so we just want to really want to get behind that and say we want to um, relaunch it today and really do it in earnest because we need each other. The Bible says don't neglect meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. It's too easy to just let it go, isn't it? It's too easy to just go, you know, just to neglect it and drift it. But I tell you, when, when I've done that, it has an impact in my life. It's, it's only gradual, so you don't notice it. But after a while you think, oh, I just feel a bit... I'm not receiving all that I could from God. You know, it's part of the way God gives grace to us is through others. And so to be able to just say, yeah, I'm going to take this seriously. We don't, it's not, it doesn't have to be epic, like three hours long, you know. You say, no, we can, let's, let's, let's be, probably better frequently, but like just, I don't know, weekly for an hour or something like that. Just say, we can, I can, we can do that where, let's meet before work or let's meet on the way home from work or, you know, we, we work close to each other. Let's do lunch. We can do 50 minutes and just really encourage each other. You know, I think that, I think that's probably best to, so that it just feels like this is really part of life. Because if it's kind of like, well, let's do it once every three weeks, and then you don't make that one because you get ill, it's then six weeks. It can just feel a bit meaningless. So I want to encourage you to really engage, really engage with that. So listen, I just want to finish now by saying if, you, if, you, if you're not in the race, you can be in this Christian race. It's glorious. <laughs> it really is. It, you've probably picked up from my message that it's not always easy. It's trying to be as real and authentic as possible. It's not always easy. Jesus is prom- promises you come die with me. Um, and, and also experience resurrection. Yeah, it's both. It's both. And, but if you've never known that, you've never engaged in that race following Jesus, today you, you can do that because of the cross. Okay, it's always, why well, it seems, seems very straightforward. How comes it so straightforward? Because of the cross. That really wasn't straightforward. That was the most sublime, multifaceted, eternal, plan from eternity act of God you could ever imagine. Just, and it hit everything on every level so that Jesus blasted away for us to know God. So it's because of his mighty work. But because of that, today, as you call on his name, if you turn away, from living for yourself or living for other things that frankly aren't worthy and turn to him, he'll receive you, forgive you and give you a new life. And that's something you can do that just with him. You can say, Jesus, I want to follow you. If you mean it, he'll hear you. He'll hear you. 
It may be that you think, I, I, I just would love someone who knows Jesus to pray that prayer with me, just to stand with me. I've never done this before. Find someone you know at church here. If you don't know anyone, you can come and find me. I'll stand with you as you pray to Jesus. But the Bible promises you, whoever calls on him will be saved. And also want to just say to those of you that are in the race, keep going. We were stood right near the final straight today and... You know, I found myself shouting out, keep going. And I thought, well, of course they're going to keep going. On the final straight, who doesn't keep going? You know, this is the most exciting bit, you know. But there's just something in me. I just think, oh, don't stop now. And, uh, you know, I feel, you know, spiritually there are sometimes that the, the springtime is just a, a step away. It's just a step away. But you feel, oh, and, you, and you just end up sitting on the sidelines. No, don't stop now. Don't stop now. I tell you what, I tell you what, God's grace is big enough. It's big enough and powerful enough for you to carry you through. He's the author and the perfecter of your faith. If he's started it, he can finish it. It's harder, for, it's harder surely, for someone who's totally just dead to God, like we all are naturally, to be brought to life than it is for that person who's been brought to life to finish their race. If you've, if you've known that touch of God, that I'm born again, I tell you, that's the hard bit. <laughs> that's, the, that's the real miracle. Right? Whatever you do at that point, you mustn't start going, oh, can he, did, he, did he realize I was like this? Yes. <laughs> did he realize I struggled with depression? Yes. Yes, he did. And he saved you. <laughs> did he realize that I really struggled with double-mindedness and indecisiveness? Yes. And he saved you. <laughs> Did he realize that I'm carrying so much bitterness and anger? Yes, and he saved you. Right? Because he loves you and the power of Jesus will get you through and you'll look glorious. So stay in the race. Stay engaged. Take responsibility for this. There is a responsibility God puts on you in his, in his wisdom and grace. He says, come on, throw off the weight. Throw off the sin that clings so closely. God says, I know what it's like. Jesus experienced temptation in every way. But throw it off. Don't be independent and isolated. Trust that I've put people in your life that will run with you. And go for it. Amen? Amen. Why don't we just stand to our feet. Um, if you're able. I'd love to just be able to commit us all to the Lord, if that's if that's okay with you. Just to so maybe it makes sense for the band to come. And if you if you like using the space up here, then it's please come and make the most of it. Obviously, you don't have to, but it's here if you want to use it. Now's now's the time to populate it. If you are if you're inclined that way. Okay, obviously no one does. Okay, fine. All right, let's pray. Father, I just want I just want to ask where you are that all of us would just. Uh, it sounds a bit of a funny, but just sort of still our heart before God. What I mean by that is just, just sort of allow yourself to, um, wherever you are, just uh, kind of try your best, you know, not to just let your mind wander here, there, and everywhere. Just and just say, even if you're not used to praying, you know, invite. Just say, God, here I am. Here I am. And sometimes we can find comfort in activity and doing stuff. And it can be scary to just stop. But I want to ask for a moment, if you wouldn't mind, just just pausing. And the Bible says that if we draw near to God, he'll draw near to us. Which is quite a mysterious idea, but it really just means that God sees the heart. So if in your heart, you want to know him, or you want to know him more, 
and you kind of just, you just sort of in your heart look to him. That, that, that he sees that and it draws his presence. That's what it means, okay? Because he sees the heart. So if you think, oh, I don't know what to do. No, no, it's just in your heart. You say, Lord, I do want to know you better. I do, I do still want to run. Oh, I want to enter the race. He'll see that and it will draw his presence close to you. So Lord, we do just draw near to you now. And we're quite amazed, really, that you would be so willing to engage in the mess of our lives. <laughs> it's just remarkable. It's just remarkable. That you who is just holy and unstained in every way, to- just completely transcendent above it all, that you would willingly, voluntarily get involved in our lives with all the guilt and shame and pain and regret and confusion and all the stuff that comes with being flawed. Thank you that you love your image in us and you want to restore that. Thank you, Lord, you do look on us and see glory in Christ. Thank you, Lord, you do look on us and there is, a, there is in Jesus Christ a delight that you have in us. And Lord, we just say we dare to believe that. <laughs> We dare to believe that. I feel that would be really helpful for where you are. So Lord, I dare to believe that in Jesus, you delight in me. And uh, that you would even... Because it, it's unfathomable, isn't it? But actually, the Bible does teach this, that, that he, it's a delight, he delights in his people. So Lord, thank you. Help us to dare to allow your smile, your favour, your love break into our lives and, and, and not just go through the motions. Help us to remain engaged in our heart. Not just in our not just going through the motions, Lord, but in our heart. Have my heart. Have my heart fresh. Have our heart. Have us, Lord. And we just bless you. And we welcome the work of your spirit. In Jesus' name.